If you watch or know anything about the Real Housewives shows on Bravo, then you know the series is built on wine, rich women, and over-the-top drama. Some of the most iconic moments in reality history have happened on this franchise, and not a day goes by that I don't see some gif or meme of the Housewives' overly dramatic faces. But even for longtime fans of the franchise, the latest addition to the Housewives universe is kind of shocking. We are taught honesty and integrity. You're fake, you're phony, and most importantly, to watch for sin. You're gonna go with Mary, who her grandfather? The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is one of the wildest series in the franchise. One of the cast members, Mary Cosby, has been accused of running a religious cult. She allegedly married her step-grandfather to inherit. The congregation believes that Mary is God. She's a cult leader that she has them on food stamps. I'm going to always tell you my truth. If it's a cult, I will tell you. If I'm God, I'm God. Jen Shaw is currently under investigation for alleged fraud and money laundering. Wait, wait, no, what? Do you have to go? Yeah. She was arrested while Bravo's cameras were rolling. Hey guys, there's police and they have handcuffs out. Homeland Security. We're looking for Jen Shaw. She just left. They're looking for Jen. Yeah. But somehow, none of that was enough to get those women fired. At least not yet. No, that honor belongs to Salt Lake City housewife Jenny Nguyen. Fans of the show found racist posts from Jenny's old Facebook page. Well, not that old. She posted and shared this stuff in 2020. And after a backlash from the audience, Bravo let Jenny go mid-season, something that doesn't happen often. But Jenny isn't the only housewife to do or say something offensive. In fact, getting women who dress fabulously, drink wine, and yell at each other to say offensive things has kind of paid off for the network. Bravo did not invent people behaving racist on television, but also kind of makes a lot of money off of it, too. (laughs) That's Alex Abad Santos. He's a senior culture reporter for Vox.com, and he wrote a piece all about racism on The Real Housewives. I think Bravo figured out a way to make being on a Real Housewives franchise feel like a win. You get paid very well for it. You get celebrity from it. But also, like, a lot of it is embarrassing. And we should not be surprised when that embarrassing behavior kind of tilts towards xenophobia, racism, even, like, homophobia. Welcome to Pop Culture. I'm Bridget Armstrong. Today, a conversation about the latest Real Housewives drama and how the firing of one housewife over racist posts is making people look into Bravo's history of racism. We're talking about a cast member of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. That's one of the newer shows in the franchise. What's the vibe of that show? What's it like? Oh, my God. The vibe is complete mess. (laughs) (laughs) It's complete mess. I think Real Housewives franchises, everyone knows what they are at this point. But I think what people love about Salt Lake City is that it seems like these women have never seen a Real Housewives episode before. And so they're acting very organically or seemingly organically. Don't do that. Don't wave your finger at don't me Don't curse at me. Don't wave your finger and don't open and those eyeballs. And don't mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh my gosh, don't they know the cameras are on? And it feels like they're not trained to be good housewives yet. So you're getting like really raw footage and it's all messy set in the backdrop of Salt Lake City, which is predominantly white, predominantly Mormon. Outer darkness is the lowest degree of heaven in the Mormon faith. You have the celestial degree, which is for the tried and trues. Then you have an exception for those that can't make it all the way. And then you have the telestial, which is your serial killers, borderline murderers, 
pretty much awful people. And then you have outer darkness who are people like me that have accepted the gospel, been married in the temple, made all the covenants, and then chosen to walk away. So like, I would have to ask Jeffrey Dahmer to get me into his degree of heaven. (laughs) Even if there are those things of being like Mormon or with all those strict rules, these women still find a way to be entertaining and very messy, which is something I don't think people are expecting from Salt Lake City. I'm always looking for sex, but I am not looking for love. That sounded horribly vulgar. Can you delete? So the incident we're talking about um, happened and Bravo basically fired a cast member, Jenny Gwynn. Mm -hmm. What happened? What led to that? So there were these posts on Reddit and they were like, look at Jenny's old Facebook posts. And a lot of them were anti-Black, had a lot of anti-Black Lives Matter rhetoric on it. This wasn't just one insensitive post. Over a six-month period in 2020, Jenny posted and shared statuses and memes on Facebook that mocked the Black Lives Matter movement, supported White Lives Matter, undermined calls for police reform, and played into tropes about Black-on-Black crime. One meme was a cartoon of a woman with those family stickers you see on people's windows that show how many kids or pets they have. Except hers were for the number of protesters she ran over. She also shared posts that called Black Lives Matter protesters thugs, and on top of all of that, she shared anti-vaccine rhetoric. She's since deleted that Facebook page. It's very much things that are happening, like, politically that are happening, like, in real life. But I think the bent on it was that the the overtone of them was extreme racism in a way that wasn't just a political belief. It was framed in a way that was offensive and pretty gross. Some of them were pretty gross. So initially, the post came out, Mm -hmm. people saw them, and Jenny went to Instagram and kind of apologized, kind of? What was the apology? How did people take it? (laughs) So the post came out, and people were like, are are these Jennies? Is this real? How can this be believed? There was, I think, a couple days of Bravo not really saying anything. Eventually, Jenny said, yes, these are my posts. And then post on Instagram, she was like, I'm sorry for how offensive they were. I've grown as a person. I deleted them and that's how I know. It was basically like, oh yes, because I deleted them, I've grown as a person and I've seen like the error of my ways. So it's like she acknowledged that they were anti-Black and kind of like relied on this very racist undertone of like anti-Black Lives Matter stuff. And so Bravo ultimately, after a few days, decided to fire her. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> it's a big deal, right? Because like that never happens. Exactly. I, I, do you watch Housewives? Yeah, I'm, so I'm a, a longtime <laughs> Atlanta watcher, and I'm a casual Potomac watcher. <laughs> okay, you need to watch Potomac um, all the time because it is, I think, the best franchise right now. But um, usually. They don't really fire people like outright. What happens is the housewives are on contracts. Every season, those contracts are either renewed or not renewed. And they let people go. And it's just like, I mean, there have been people on it like Kelly Dodd on Real Housewives of Orange County who were let go in between seasons. But they, they're they never like, oh, yes, this person was fired for X, Y, Z. It's always just like the contract was just not renewed. With Jenny, what makes her different is that Bravo put up an Instagram post or a social media post that was like, oh, we're not filming with her anymore. As of right now, she's not a cast member. We are not filming with her. It's kind of like, well, what went into that? How did Bravo ultimately come to that decision? I mean, we don't know. All of Jenny's Housewives cast members spoke out against her and spoke out against those posts. 
it could be simply a matter of like they didn't want to film with Jenny or it could be I think there's speculation that like maybe their ratings were bad or maybe Jenny wasn't doing well in ratings or wasn't favorably received by the audience. So there are a lot of things that go into not renewing a housewives contract. But I think like Bravo ultimately saying like, oh, yes, this is racist behavior and this was racist posts and we, we think it's gross. We're not going to keep filming with her was kind of like this landmark, very strange decision even though maybe fans think it was the right one. Fans have also pointed out that Jenny isn't the only real housewife who's demonstrated racist behavior. Jenny is Vietnamese, and some fans wonder why she was fired when other housewives, many of whom are white, haven't been let go after their racist behavior. To put it plainly, we've seen housewives say gross things on camera, right? Kelly Dodd said some gross stuff on camera, problematic things that are like, homophobic, anti-Black. Kelly Dodd is a former housewife of Orange County, and she said some outrageous stuff over the years, including this awful exchange with TMZ. I don't like Black guys. I don't even know any Black guys. And the OC with the OG. (laughs) And this video she filmed and posted herself, completely dismissing gender identity. Okay, I, I, I don't get this. You're either a girl or a boy, okay? You're born a girl or a boy. I don't get it. You're Jennifer. After the show aired, she just apologized for them and was just like, okay, well, it was my bad. Maybe we'll see if my contract gets renewed. Here's the thing. I've been doing cameos now for two years and I never saw the pronoun thing before. This was the first time I saw a reference of he, him, she, they, them. I grew up, I grew up in Arizona with people that were born a boy and a girl and maybe a hermaphrodite here and there. But that's how I grew up. To defend herself against accusations of racism, Kelly said that she's a woman of color and her family has roots in Mexico. Following her racist and homophobic comments, Kelly also said that the COVID-19 pandemic was God's way of thinning the herd. Ultimately, her contract wasn't renewed after five seasons, but she wasn't fired immediately like Jenny. And the list goes on. Real Housewives of New York cast member Luanne De La Seps was accused of blackface when she wore a Diana Ross costume complete with a giant afro and face bronzer. Brandy Redman of Real Housewives of Dallas filmed herself in an extremely cringy video mocking Asians. Everybody asked me what Asian I am because of my eyes, they squinty. She was called out by her fellow castmate, Tiffany Moon, who is Asian-American. In fact, Tiffany has called out several of her castmates for being racist towards her. Ramona Singer is a longtime cast member of Real Housewives of New York, and she's been accused of exhibiting behavior towards her fellow castmate, Ebony K. Williams, who was the first Black cast member on that series. Throughout this season, there was no like outright blatant, aggressive, egregious racism right towards ebony it was more like implicitly like well she's loud she's this she's that and it's kind of like well if you pick up on the subtext like yes you wouldn't call sonia loud sonia morgan is another new york cast member who's known for getting drunk and loud there are a lot of like white women who are loud but i think in like the context of like yes of a black woman your first black cast member fellow cast member and you're you're kind of relying on these tropes you're just kind of like well that kind of feels icky it came out later that Ebony K. Williams filed a report with Bravo that Ramona said racist things to her. Allegedly, in a discussion about race with Ebony, Ramona said 
This is why we shouldn't have Black people on the show. I think Bravo investigated. There was no reunion. And we don't really know the future of the franchise, of like who's coming back or who's not. It's all rumors at this point. There was an incident where the ladies got into a heated discussion about sexually explicit language. All of the women were passionate and some of them were yelling. But when Ebony pointed out that she was the most educated at the table, in response to a comment from Luann about how education informs language, the argument really hit the fan. Don't come into my house and tell me I don't have an education. Luann eventually called Ebony angry and Ramona called her loud. Which a lot of people saw as microaggression. I said, You're the one screaming you said, now. I'm not screaming. I have yeah, a loud voice. Stop it again. Oh my God, my ears no, are hurting. No, no, I'm not. Bring it down. You are. Your white fragility is killing me right now. I have a hearing problem. It's my ears. So white fragility is when You're white shouting. women. I'm not shouting. Let her finish. Why are you getting so angry? Why are you yelling? Oh, so now right I'm now. the angry black woman. She she Ebony has talked about these uncomfortable moments including the resistance she gets when she tries to talk about race with her castmates. Ramona is saying something that a lot of people that look at me feel, which is, you're talking about Black Lives Matter, you're talking about Black subordination yeah, love, of life, right. but I'm looking and I'm seeing a first-class existence. Well, no, because you said you, you suffered. And I said, looking at you, I don't think you suffered. A few months ago on this show, we did an episode where we talked about the ways Black women are portrayed on reality TV. And we talked to a Washington Post reporter who wrote a piece all about that. For it, she talked to Ebony K. Williams. Here's a clip of a video the Post did for that project. I think watching it back again just felt more hurtful to me. I think viewers see that, really. When they really sit with it, they see that I'm many things. I just am not an angry or hypervigilant person. And when you start defaulting to an angry label uh, to women of color in particular, it's, it's an extraction of our humanity. Ebony is no more loud or angry than the other women on the show. And remember, this is a franchise that generally encourages loud and angry behavior for our entertainment. You want to watch these women act kind of like clowns, basically. It's like, oh, well, like, on the one side of it, it's very glamorous. They live in giant houses. They drink fancy wine. They eat fancy food. But the other side of reality is like, oh, well, we want to watch them behave badly, right? I think with Ebony, there was a lot of her being put in a position where her storyline was educating her fellow castmates about race. I'm saying something very specific, Ramona. When you are an oppressed people, it's very easy to join with other forms of oppression for your own perceived survival. The only person that wins when those communities are at odds is white supremacy. And I certainly deal with backlash. We all do. Mm -hmm. But the difference, Ramona, I believe that Ramona, like a lot of well-meaning people, have a hard time sitting with the pain of marginalized Americans. And I don't think Ramona has any clue as to how painful, really, her reaction is in this moment. I don't know if that came from producers or if that was, like, a storyline that, like, she wanted to pursue herself, but it seemed especially with this season, like it was like we were having like a lot of like, well, this is black culture. X, Y, Z is black culture instead of just like what usually happens on that show. And so I think there was also a response to that. And it was kind of uncomfortable to watch the reaction to Ebony being the first black woman and seeing like the backlash she got for trying to be an educator. I think some fans viewed Bravo as using Ebony and using Tiffany Moon on Dallas as kind of like their puppets to scold the rest of the cast members and educate the rest of the cast members on race in a way that did not happen organically. Like some fans believe that they were very much there to 
kind of right what Bravo's wrongs were of being like a predominantly white cast that don't know about race or aren't sensitive to race. And it was also like, why does she have to be in that position? A lot of the White Housewives don't really have to be educators of race. (laughs) It's just like, why does the first Black woman on New York have to be? There's kind of a double standard when it comes to housewives of color, Black housewives, um, Mm -hmm. individually, but even the franchises that have predominantly Black casts like Potomac and Atlanta, and that there's sort of a double standard there when it comes to behavior. Talk to me about that. Right. So I think, and it's, this isn't, a secret to anyone and the women of those shows have spoken out about it. They're like, well, when we go on these shows, we have to think about representation and we have the pressure of like representing black women on television because there's so few of us on television. And for whatever reason, when one of us does something, basically we're all painted this way. I'll talk all day, but I'm not putting my hands on people. There's enough about black women fighting and scrapping I don't want to look like a f-ing ghetto ass hood rat. Each and every black woman carries this burden and pressure of representing themselves on television, but also trying to be, I wouldn't say role model per se, but I think there's kind of this pressure to present your best self and maybe not act as organically because of the way it'll be taken out of context. Like, um, I mentioned this, but like, so Portia and Monique both had physical altercations on their respective seasons. Portia Williams is a longtime cast member of the Real Housewives of Atlanta. On season six of the show, she got into a physical fight at the reunion with another cast member, Kenya Moore. Monique Samuels was a cast member on Real Housewives of Potomac. On season five, after a longtime beef with fellow cast member Candace Dillard, the two came to blows, and Monique swung first. The way they were portrayed was super negatively. There were many episodes devoted to like anger management, violence, and all this stuff that was happening. So what have you learned from anger management so far? Um, Nothing should trigger me in that way. And, you know, this is a completely different environment for me, coming from being just a normal person who's not on a reality show. You get judged, this and that. It's a lot of pressure, etc. But that's true for everyone here. Right, it is, but I'm talking about for me. Monique decided to leave the show after season five. Portia was demoted to friend of the show following the fight. She eventually got her peach back and was reinstated as a full-time cast member. Portia eventually left Real Housewives after nine seasons. She still has a spinoff show about her life that airs on Bravo. Meanwhile, on the other side of that, you have Lisa Rinna breaking a glass, threatening to kill Kim Richards for talking about her husband. You have Real Housewives of New Jersey's. They have like this 10 best fights on Real Housewives of New Jersey. Why freaking jealousy? What do you think? I never throw the first punch, but I'm always a knockout. Nobody's ever grabbed my face like that. And you're just like, well, why is one glorified in a way and the other not? When it comes to predominantly white franchises, like this violence and like physical altercations are promoted even glorified whereas on on predominantly black franchises it's like well look at this negative thing that happened i mean i don't think physical altercation is the answer in any case but i also don't think that these women are being treated fairly on this show that they signed up for it's messed up that like portia has to carry this burden of representing all black women whereas 
Sonia can be drunk and no one is ever like, well, you know what? All white women are drunk like Sonia. Yeah, right. <laughs> no one's ever like, well, what does Sonia have to say about the white race? No, that does not happen. And, sh- and, and mind you, Sonia has been fall over blackout drunk multiple times on this show. And no one has ever ascribed that to white women in general. And it's just like a weird double standard. I guess like what we can do as an audience is just like keep an open mind about what we're watching. How is it being portrayed? Is there any weird like thing that makes us feel uncomfortable? Like any of these subtexts or these tropes that it relies on to make us that make us feel uncomfortable? Hey, listeners, I'm here with author Glory Adam, and she was just telling me all about her new podcast, Well Read Black Girl. So I remember when I first joined the Well Read Black Girl Book Club, and it's definitely something you should check out if you love reading. And now that there's a podcast, I'm very excited to hear about who Glory's going to talk to, what they'll be talking about, and some of the books she's going to feature. Well, Bridget, much like the Well Read Black Girl community, the podcast will be spotlighting authors of color that you should know. Gabrielle Union, Anita Hill, Jacqueline Woodson, Blair Imani. You'll get their take on how they developed their skills and why they fell in love with writing. What are some of the books you're excited to talk about? Well, I can't wait to read Anita Hill's new book, Believing, along with Tarana Burke's memoir, Unbound. And I'm super, super excited to talk about Zeba Blaze, Carefree Black Girls, for our next book club pick. Um, she's also going to be on the podcast later this season, which I'm really looking forward to. Oh, I cannot wait to hear that one. When and where can I follow the show? New episodes drop every Tuesday, and they're available wherever you listen to podcasts. In your piece, you said that some of this behavior, some of this negative behavior that we've seen can sometimes seem like a feature of the design of the show, of the franchise. Why did you say that? What does that mean? I think the tension is like Bravo built this machine that was like, let's find very embarrassing rich people. And now there's this call to be like, be more ethical about it. I think the channel or the network and its production companies that produce these shows are just kind of like, well, we don't know what to do. Because it's just like, well, we found these monsters to be on television, or some of them are monsters, alleged monsters to be on television, to be shameless. But then it's kind of like, well, how do we make sure that we're putting good people and people we want to root for on television too? And it's like, maybe those aren't the same thing. Right. And that's sort of what I think about with this. On the one hand, it's paid off for Bravo mm-hmm. to have these women who will sort of say anything. Right. <laughs> but also, they're women who will say anything. Yeah. When you think of inequality of, like, who, like, the richest people are, right? Like, it's a system based on inequality. And it's going to skew the numbers and skew the people. And especially when you take a sample of that, of being, like, people, like you said, who say anything, you're gonna get you're gonna get people who probably hold gross or outdated views about people of color or people of like a different class is not gonna be good. And I think some of this also has to do with like how we as an audience have evolved and what we expect from cast members on these shows. Where before I think it was I don't wanna say fine, because obviously there are people who I've always been bothered by some of the things that are said and done on this show, on these shows, right? Right. But I think especially following like the protests for Black Lives Matter in 2020, people are just a lot more sensitive about these things. And I think the networks are also trying to like get ahead of some of this stuff, which I, I think might have something to do with like why they fired Jenny. And we haven't seen people be fired before because they right. claimed that they're having like a racial reckoning. And if they're having that reckoning, then I guess it has to continue, right? 
I think there's a general trend in culture of like, what are we doing with our money? Who are we supporting? Right. And it's like, you don't want to support someone that is probably is like saying like anti-black views. Like, I don't want to support that. I don't want to watch that on television. But it's also like, again, this is like real. Like, are you doing everyone a disservice if you like gloss over that? Like, is it? So I think like, yes, Bravo has built this machine that's so good at finding these people who are kind of just like a lack of embarrassment. But also like, is this final product what everyone wants? And I think that there's this weird crossroads of just now, like I think retroactively being like, well, if this is bad in this case, why isn't it bad in XYZ cases? I don't think Bravo has a good answer for now about like, yeah, well, what what about the XYZ cases before Jenny? We're saying all these like kind of negative things about Real Housewives and all the terrible people that are on it, right? Mm -hmm. And also, it is a deeply entertaining franchise that is extremely successful. There are several spinoffs from the original. This has been going on for 10 plus years. Like, what makes this so entertaining and what is the unique appeal of like the Bravo shows and then the Real Housewives franchise itself? I can only speak personally, but I think the whole thing for me is that like, This kind of assurance that despite how much money you have and despite how rich you are, like, you can still be embarrassing. (laughs) You can still, like, act like a clown. And it's just like you have these people who are just kind of just like, okay, well, they have much nicer houses than me. They're making so much more money than me. And they're still kind of embarrassing. They're deeply embarrassing people. That is what I love about it. And it's also like, there's just mess. There's tons and tons of mess. And it's kind of this escape from this real world that we all live in that we can't escape. Especially in the last couple of years, you're just kind of like, well, I kind of want to watch some brainless television of like these messy people getting in fights with each other. Do you think there's such a thing as like brainless television anymore? Like if Bra- <laughs> Real Housewives is probably the closest thing we had to that. And even that, it's like, no, we need to like and like look into what these people think and feel. And it's like you're saying, do you want to watch somebody who has like sort of ugly racist ideas about black people on your brainless television? Like I guess I'm saying, with all we know, can we really be brainless when we watch TV now? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I wish we could. <laughs> like it's impossible to ignore. And it's also just like I don't envy Bravo that they have to figure it out for themselves. Bravo tomorrow could be like, well, Ramona's fired for her racist behavior, right? It still wouldn't take away from the fact that like a lot of us watch Ramona for, what is it, 13 seasons or something? And we're kind of complicit in being like, yes, well, this is great. But then you also have to think about like, what are the things Bravo didn't show us about this woman? If you want to be this transparent with Jenny, you should maybe think about like how this translates to your other franchises and how transparent you want to be over there. Because I think there's probably people who share Jenny's views on these shows. And there have been people who have not been renewed who do share views with Jenny. And you probably wouldn't feel good about a lot of them if we all knew the dirty everything that came out about them. Jenny's posts surfaced on the internet because people found them, right? Mm -hmm. And presumably, if people can find them, Bravo could too. And we (laughs) think that they, like, look into these cast members before they, you know, extend a contract to them. Mm -hmm. I guess I'm just wondering, why are they hiring these people? (laughs) I mean, I think it's good television. Like, I think that the end of the day, what makes this so difficult is that, like, Bravo isn't trying to instruct you morally, right? I mean, there are vague things of being like, maybe you shouldn't act like Ramona because this lady is messed up. 
right? Like maybe you shouldn't throw glasses at people and you shouldn't uh, yell at people and you shouldn't be mean to black women and say that they're loud and obnoxious and you should give them respect. That is kind of like the implicit tone that we get from like this past season of Real Housewives of New York. But I think also like the end of the day is like Bravo isn't here to make morally instructive television. These are actually like real people who are maybe sometimes really embarrassing and really gross and have really gross views. <laughs> so I think that is the tough part for an audience to be like, well, you're watching. And it's also like Bravo could put on someone who you don't share views with. And it's like your choice not to watch it. Like, I don't think that Bravo is like beholden to some kind of ethical standard other than the ones it sets for itself. And at the top of all of this is Andy Cohen, who's sort of like the public face <laughs> of Bravo. And like, right. he also kind of sometimes serves as like the voice of morality, at least on like the reunion episodes. But he's also been accused of encouraging a lot of the negative drama and like stoking the fires of some of this more negative behavior. Could you talk a little bit about Andy and his role in all of this? I think the hardest thing about being Andy Cohen is that you're kind of responsible for this whole Real Housewives epidemic. (laughs) (laughs) Epidemic, success, whatever you want to call it. No one really knows how much of his input goes into the casting, into whatever. I think people kind of want him to respond to these things, right? Like if Jenny's being racist, they want to hear from him about X, Y, Z, why this decision came to be. They want to know, I guess, like the autopsy of like the Jenny Nguyen debacle. And I think because he's the Real Housewives figurehead, people are like, yes, what is it? (laughs) Give me the answer. I think he's even said that it's like it's not easy being him. And I think like even in his reunions, like people have criticized his behavior. A recent example is like he was very mean to Candace about like the words she used because Candace is very good at insulting people in a way that makes me terrified, but also I keep watching because she's great television. Candace Dillard from Potomac is known for her scathing insults. And during an argument with castmate Mia Thornton over insults about Candace's music video, Candace eventually called Mia's mother low budget. Now, some people thought that went too far because Mia grew up in foster care and has talked about having a strained relationship with her mom. And at the reunion, Andy brought this altercation and a few others up with Candace. But some fans felt the way he talked about it was unfair. If I want to respond verbally, hello, welcome to the stage. That's what we do. How do you think, can I ask you a question? How's that working for you? Honestly. How is what working for you? How is the way that you respond to people working for you? You almost were physically attacked last year. So that's my fault that I was physically attacked? Well, you're the common denominator. Whereas with Erica Girardi, who is in the middle of this like lawsuit, was snapping at people and was also being very rude to people. And in a way that he kind of was very coddling to her, according to some fans, whereas he was dressing down Candace of being like, well, why did you do that? Why was he like, why was he scolding her? And it was just like, well, the fans saw a double standard there. So I think like all his actions are under a microscope too, because he is the head of the housewives. But yeah, I, I think that is a difficult position to be in. I think it's only made more difficult by not really giving a clear explanation of like why Jenny was fired. 
So now that Bravo set this standard by firing Jenny, and also we have to say that following the protest in 2020, they mm-hmm. fired some cast members that were on the <laughs> club rules for some of their racist behavior, right. too. So now, like, Bravo has set themselves up as sort of like, you know, we take action when people do racist things. And as you just said, though, it's not a clear standard why. How do we think they go forward with this, being that, like, a lot of this is baked into the casting. A lot of this is going to be inherent to, like, these very small circles of very wealthy, sheltered women. How do you think they go forward with the success of the show, keeping that intact, but also with trying to, like, be these people who, like, are fair and ethical? I think that 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 is the difficult thing, because it's just like, how do you put an ethical limit to a machine that you created to be unethical or as unethical as possible? You know, you did not create this machine to show like the best of humanity. Like You wanted to show the limit of like, OK, well, we can show you like what is like as legally possible and as socially possible. And it's like weird now to go back and be like, well, you know what? Actually, our limit was up here. Actually, our limit was racism. And it's just like, yeah, now how are you going to apply that retroactively? And we don't know. Like, I I don't know how it goes forward. I mean, I think people will still keep watching. I'm still watching Salt Lake City and seeing how it unfolds. But yeah, I think there's definitely this kind of pickle that Bravo is in now that it's set its limit of like, this is bad behavior. Because you're just like, well, what happens if for example, if Jen Shaw gets convicted of her lawsuit or her investigation where she's allegedly defrauding old people, right? Like, is Bravo going to be like, well, that's bad behavior? And then people will be like, well, if that's bad behavior, why is she still on? So I think it's like putting this limit like makes it very difficult when people ask questions about how it fits into other cast members. Some of this really does feel reactionary, right? Like, Mm. people found the post. People were outraged. Cast members said something about it. And Mm. so they fired Jenny. And I'm just wondering, as long as this stuff sells, do you think Bravo's going to make any meaningful change? Here's how I feel, is that you have Real Housewives of Potomac, which is, like, was a gigantic success of the show. And so gigantic that Nicki Minaj was hosting the reunion, which, like, never happens. That is a superstar hosting a reunion about whether Giselle had a hot box, right? What, what was you talking about, about her hot box? At the time, it, that was what was in the blogs, that there was a hot box situation going on. At some point, you got to fight fire with fire. She wasn't going to stop till I got up off me. Ooh. Get up off me. The next time she say, Giselle, this ain't what you want. You, you, I'm gonna continue, we're going to continue on, because it's just, we're in the moment. You know you're going to think twice. No. Like, that was <laughs> completely, <laughs> like, nonsense, but completely great. And it's like, is it really fair to Black women that Bravo gets publicity from and cashes checks on for them to also be cutting checks to someone that put up a bunch of racist posts? That does not feel good. I don't think it feels good. I wouldn't feel good. That is one of the things that fans pointed out. They were just like, how can you make all this money off of Black women and then also like not do anything about Jenny? So they did something about Jenny, right? I do think that probably goes forward. People are going to be like, well, the next housewife that, that this happens to, there's probably going to be another reactionary. But I also think that people are going to keep watching because I think those are very successful television shows. I think people are probably more on alert now. Fans are very, very vocal. Like, I don't think Bravo probably foresaw 
this happening. Like to have fans that go into like the Wayback Machine, find these famous Facebook posts, these saved posts, dig them up right before the reunion. No one saw this coming. And it's like, I, I think now from now on, there's going to probably be some hesitancy, maybe in hiring, like probably said itself that it's going to be more conscious about who it hires in the future. And I think the fans will hold them to it. And that's it for us today. I'm Bridget Armstrong, host and senior producer of the show. And I work with a wonderful team who are a lot nicer than the Real Housewives. Alicia Key is the show's producer. Andrew Calloway is our senior engineer. Graylin Bashir is the senior director of audio. Thanks to Alex Carr for giving us the idea for the show this week. And thanks to Alex Abad Santos for talking to us. You can check out his piece on Vox.com. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode. And in the meantime, be sure to rate, subscribe, and tell a friend. <laughs>